we are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everybody, welcome to the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. It's a wonderful Friday, great to be here. Marcus, welcome, my wonderful co-host. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fine, John. It is nice to be with you once again. It is a pleasure to be with you again as well. And tonight we have another great show, but we have a treat for you tonight. We have Edwin Itabiri coming up a little bit later, who is actually the Chief Happiness Officer. And we'll talk about him a little bit later and interview him about uh, what he's been doing and what are his plans for the future. But uh, let's get right into our show, shall we? Well, the first thing I want to talk about today is, you know, uh, somebody uh, that's starting to change, I guess, the, the shape of the world and I guess where things are starting to go. And uh, it, it's pretty interesting because uh, this one company now is actually starting to... I would kind of say start to revolutionize the industry, you know, just a little bit. And uh, this particular company, Influencers Next Frontier, has their own live shopping channel. Pretty cool. Um, that's, that's and cool. this new live shopping channel, um, the Next Frontier, it's their own live shopping channel. Uh, it's already been pretty much blowing up in China. <laughs> and this tech giant now wants to make it big. In the United States, are they going to make it big, uh, you think, Marcus, or are they going to bust? What do you think? You know, in my opinion, I feel like with the right pop products and with the right marketing, uh, obviously, you know, if you can, you know, switch the American population's mindset and get them very excited about this, I think it can really be a good, good hit. You know, but the, but my concern is like, do you feel like we we kind of bombarded with a, with a bunch of stuff already? You know, with the pop ups and everything. We I, I, I I absolutely do, and also, you know, when you think about the things that stand out, like you know, waterproof Bluetooth speakers, uh, the three D three D white crest strips, 
uh, Bluetooth karaoke machines. I mean, you probably had that up to here, right? Uh, and, you know, all these things are like knockoffs from China, right? I think the big issue I have is that are we going to get quality, Marcus, or are we just going to get something that is going to be a knockoff? You know, as, I, as I'm also thinking, too, John, you know, uh, Instagram actually got something that's like, you know, they have added to feature as well. Facebook uh, is always also doing uh, something, you know, with the live shopping experience. And to me, it's like, okay, you know, these guys are like almost trying to re reinvent the wheel, but it's not really working out. You know, it's it's like it's like another annoying little tab that, you know, you really don't really want. It, yeah, it, exactly. It's like, you know, they're trying to become, I mean, if you look at history, it's never the company that comes up with the idea that makes the money, right, Marcus? It's always that second or third company that reinvents the idea. So you never want to be the original innovator, right? Right. I, I agree with you. And Amazon, you know, uh, they launched Amazon Live for influencers in July and Instagram and Facebook launched the live shopping features in August. And uh, Google's R&D division, uh, Area 21, launched the Shop Loop. Um, not really live, but it offers some shoppable stories and some smaller startups and gives some way that people can, you know, make things live by shopping. If Or maybe it's not just a thing, but is it the future of retail? And I think right now, Marcus, because of COVID, I think everybody's just clamoring to get their hands on something that's going to captivate our market. Because let's face it, uh, people are reverting back to U.S. mail again, uh, Marcus. People are sending U.S. mail again. Print is starting to become popular again, not just digital. Everybody loves that tangible type of like, let me go, go ahead and just receive it. Because, you know, people really think it's more dependable. People really are used to that more traditional style. And I don't think that's ever going to go away. I, I don't either. There's something about, you know, I always love the fact that you can go to a store, pick right. out what you want and take it home. I mean, yes, you can exactly. go online, you can order what you want, you can't touch it, you kind of know what it is, and you hope it's going to feel and smell and see like the way you want it to be, and if it doesn't, you return it. Um, that's why all <laughs> these mail order companies have uh, a lot of returns, but they have a lot of high profitable sales too. In March, Marcus, 60 million people tuned into shopping live streams, and Six that was million. an increase wow. over 126 million compared to last June. Uh, and this was published by the uh, China Internet Network Information Center. And I want to quote uh, Kim Kardashian, uh, who had and actually had partnered with the prolific Chinese influencer on her on uh, some things she was doing on a live shopping stream. And reportedly, guess what she said? She sold fifteen thousand bottles of perfume. Get this, Marcus. <laughs> instantly, oh, actually, wow. said almost instantly. Okay, but almost instantly, instantly. That's still pretty quick, right? Yeah, um, is. Live shopping, um, is this something that's a fantasy? I don't think so. I think people right now are driven to everything having to be to be, to be now, right? And with yeah. the pandemic uh, on our shoulders here, um, people just can't get out and go buy the way they want to buy. So they're clamoring to be able to do something that is going to give them, what is it, fulfillment? maybe make them happy, right? People don't buy anything, Marcus, 
because of the product. People don't right. build a new home. Um, people don't buy a brand new Tesla uh, just because they want the Tesla or because they want that new few million dollar home or because they want that shiny Rolex or they want that special pair of sunglasses, Ray-Ban, or, or maybe right. um, they want that certain sweater, right? They don't buy it because of the way it looks, right? Why do they buy it? To feel more happy, feel more special. It, it, exactly. <laughs> they, they buy it for the feeling. That's why Disney has learned quite a long time ago that people will pay a nice amount of change for an experience. So when we, ladies and gentlemen, realize that life is about an experience and we do things for the feeling and the experience, that's what gets us to make that purchase. You know, everybody always tries to tie onto your heartstrings. And they always say the people that are emotional just have a way with getting you to spend that money because it's the feeling. In fact, a lot of these great marketers, they get you to feel it first, Marcus. Before you even part with the money, they get you to feel and imagine what it's going to be like driving that car, having that home, right? They put that real deep feeling in you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's what it's all about. You know, I, I think if you can really inspire more of that that emotional pull and that heart heartstrings of a pull, uh, rather than Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Just like, hey, let me just sell you something and that's it. And you walk away and you're feeling like, oh, man, you know, maybe I regret maybe buying this. I, I think that's what it's all about, you know, really changing people's lives for well, what we say on Transform You Media Network, transforming lives. It, it, exactly. And I think sometimes, you know, when you go somewhere and someone else has something and then you go buy it and then you don't feel that way. Well, that's because that product or that service didn't make you feel that way. Just because somebody else owns that car, that may not make you feel that way. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the um, missing link with a lot of people. They feel that they can be happy because it's something someone else has. But real truthfully, you can't be happy unless it's something you want in your heart. Our next guest, Edwin Edebiri, will be coming up very shortly. Uh, he is the founder of the I Am Happy Project and uh, the Happy Neighborhood Project, which is a registry for happy businesses, which is a for-profit company, incidentally. But he started out the I Am Happy Project. And uh, he went around, um, but he's now in 64 cities in 19 countries with well, over 70,000 members. But it started like this, ladies and gentlemen. He was out there and he wanted to just find out what makes people happy and how happy are they. And he literally went around all over and he asked people the question, uh, how happy are you? And uh, what he was telling people is that happiness is a skill. Please help me, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome um, from California, Edwin Itabiri, um, to, uh, to our studio, um, to talk to us about, uh, his journey and his, uh, ventures. All right. Thank you Edwin, very much. Well, for welcome, welcome to the tech show. Thank you for being a guest today. Uh, you know, I have to ask you, Edwin, you are the leader when it comes to being happy from your smile to, you know, everything you do. And like you told us, it, it's a skill. What took you 
uh, Edwin, from the I Am Happy project, which is a brilliant thing you did, um, to the Happy Neighborhood project, what was the transition from that? So after being recognized at the United Nations for what we do for happiness globally, and then invited to do a TEDx talk on happiness, I, I came across a study that was conducted by the Harvard Business Review. And it said that happy businesses attract 37% more customers. Wow. And, and for somebody that has spent a lot of time researching happiness, I was very fascinated by that. I, I, in my mind, I was like, how many businesses out there purposely you know, take advantage of happiness, you know, making their employee happy? You know, most of these business focus on customer service, but they totally forget that if their employees are not happy, then there's no way that those employees can deliver on happy customer experience. So, so we decided to start to research. And, and, and I'll tell you this, though. It was really weird because when we say we wanted to come up with the concept of happy business, people actually laugh at us, you know. They, they, they were wondering, what, what are you talking about? What do you mean happy business? So because the subject was so nebulous, we know we had to find a way to make it concrete. So we had to go back to the drawing board and started to do a lot of research. And in the process of the research, that's where we developed the platform. That, that, is, that is absolutely uh, amazing. And so my other question to you, because obviously you had to do a lot of research, and I'm sure you know, taking something like this and the way you did it and just kind of packaging this real creative approach about being happy, which is something everyone should be, but sometimes not everybody's happy, right? That is um, the truth. Uh, what, what was that experience like, uh, Edwin, when you had to develop the uh, Happy Neighborhood uh, platform? What was that like? Well, it, it's, it's very exciting. I, I mean, you mentioned everybody wants to be happy. In short, Dela Lama said the purpose of life is to be happy. So when we do stuff, even though we might have a different reason why we're doing it, the bottom line is, if we are successful at it, it's supposed to make us happy. You know, some people might say, well, it's not about my own happiness. I just want my family to be happy, or I want my children to be happy, or I want my community to be happy. The bottom line is, if all those things are happy, it makes you happy. So, so it's not a bad thing to do something for you to be happy. It's not a selfish thing. It's actually a help to make things happen. So when we started to talk to small businesses and trying to find out, you know, how happy are they doing what they're doing? Because, you know, John, you know fully well, any entrepreneur would be crazy if they did not start their business because what they are trying to do will make them happy, you know, because it's too much, it's too much torture, it's too much pain and, and trouble. So it's the, it's the passion that they feel, or at least they feel like if they're able to do what they're doing, it will make them happy. So we, we started doing research and we find out that there's a huge company out there that was just making a lot of business unhappy, okay? <laughs> and, 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 and so so in the process, you know, we came across Yelp, okay? And, and, and businesses were telling us that they, they are not happy with Yelp, you know? That sometimes they feel strong-handed, you know? Sometimes they are good a review, a talk away, and they cannot find it. And, and sometimes some people don't even come to their business and write a bad review on them. They try to get it off. They can't even help. So in the process, we realized there got to be a better way. And that better way was we wanted something very simple, that when we approach a business owner, they have to take a pledge. 
Now, people say, why a pledge? Well, a pledge is stronger than a promise, okay? So they take a pledge on two things that we have found out through research. That number one, that they really want to treat their customer well. Everybody wants to do that. You know, that's why you start a business to provide great customer service. But the second pledge they take is they want to create a positive work environment. And that's where we kind of hone in because we realize the way you treat your employee, that's the way they're going to treat your customer. So as we developed the platform, we realized very quickly that it was more technology than anything else. On, on the surface, it's very happy, but behind the scene, you know, we have geofencing in place, we have zip code analysis in place, we have a whole lot of stuff that allow the business to be able to put in an advantageous position, but also to give the consumer a very positive experience when they come to the business here. Now, you always say, Edwin, and I've heard you talk many times about this, you say happiness is a skill, which I can't agree with you more. I mean, I think it's I think it's fantastic. But since you are the chief happiness officer, can you give us maybe, I don't know, maybe two or three things? What can somebody do in their life? How does somebody, uh, let's say, become, what's the skill? So how does someone develop uh, the skill in a better way? For some of our, our viewers tonight, how does someone develop this skill? Obviously, they say like a muscle, you have to practice it. So how do you practice uh, the skill to become more happy? So the first thing is we realize that practice does not make perfect. Okay. I, I think that is a misnomer. You know, we have been kind of sucked into that belief that we pursue perfection and we forget what life is, which is to be fun, to have enjoy yourself. So I say practice makes improvement. Now, when you operate from that point of view, you start to understand there are certain things. And here is the thing, John, that's really exciting. All the skills, not a single exception, all the skills that I have developed over the last 10 years, all the skills that I've been exposed to over the last 10 years that truly increases your happiness or help you to sustain your happiness, they are all free. <laughs> you know, now, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we don't need money and all of those kind of stuff. But I'm just saying when you are serious about happiness, the money doesn't play too much role. So I'll give you a very specific one. And, and there's a body of evidence that back this up. And that is gratitude. You don't need money to be grateful, okay? You know, no. you know, you, you know and yet there is a study that was done that if somebody write down one or two, maybe three things, they are thankful for every day, over a six-month period, they will raise their level of happiness by 10%. That means a You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Majority of people that are going through what I would call a situational depression, they will be out of that depression without a single medication. 
Now, let me take this, you know, back up a little bit, folks. People out there, I'm not saying drop your medication right away. That's not what I'm saying, okay? And, and I'm not even saying take my advice either. You know, I am saying consult with your, your physician, consult with your counselor, so consult a professional that's working with you and let them know, hey, I was listening to, you know, a, you know, a Jay Moss a show and I had a guy talking about gratitude and I want to practice it. I want to test it. You know, I want you to guide me to see if it really works or not. And let them work with you in the next, you know, three to six months. And all you got to do is write down what you're looking for. Now, yeah, John, this is where a, a lot of people get into a situation when it comes to gratitude. It is very easy to express gratitude when everything is going good. <laughs> okay. And it's almost like somebody who is very physically fit going to the gym, okay? You know, that's just to maintain. It's when you are struggling, when you're overweight, when, you know, issue is, that's when you are challenged. That's when you think, wow, why should I even bother going to the gym? Man, I don't think anything is going to happen out of this going to the gym. I think I'm just going to stay here and just eat a little bit more stuff or deal with my situation. When things are going wrong, when a life throws you a curveball, that's when gratitude comes in. And I know it's kind of contradictory. People might say, wait a second, how, how can I be sweating? How can I be suffering? How can things be hard? And then you're expecting me to be grateful. Because what you're doing is you're trying to trick your brain. Okay, you're trying to rewire your brain. Your brain is going, hey, you know what? You know, things are really hard. You should be unhappy. Okay, you should just stay home. Don't even do anything. You know, you have good reason not to do so. If you did that, you're going to just get worse. So somehow, and I tell people this, when I'm working with individuals, I say, when something trying to trick you to be lazy, trying to trick you to be unhappy, trying to trick you to be depressed, you need to scream out. You need to say, shut up, leave me alone. <laughs> Even though you are talking to yourself and people might think you crazy, what you want to do is rewire the brain. And, this and reminds, this reminds me of, of Hebb's Law, which you probably know, uh, cells that fire together wire together. Yes. And uh, if we can change the way, uh, you know, they're, they're wired, then we can affect what's firing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and gratitude does that because it, 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 and here's the other thing that I find out. People are grateful when big things happen in their life. But the problem is how many times do you win lottery in your lifetime? You know, how many times do you buy a house in your lifetime? How many times do you get that big, great job in your lifetime? Those things don't happen too often. But we wake up this morning and we're going to wake up tomorrow and we're going to wake up the after tomorrow. That happens more frequently than those big things. You know, you're going to take a deep breath today. You're going to take a deep breath in an hour. You're going to take another one in two hours. Those happen every time. You know, and when you smile at somebody, that is a reason to be grateful because you can express smile in your face. So we have to learn to be thankful for the little things because those are the things that happen every time. And those are the things that actually make up our life. Like being able, just getting up every day, or I guess it taking a breath or not having COVID or just having our friends or being able to talk with them or being able to be grateful to have the eyes and the ears to watch this, this, uh, this show, right? Uh, absolutely, yeah. And I think people, they take about 98%, and I don't want to say 100%, okay? But they take 98% of the things they're supposed to be grateful for, they take it for granted. 
you know, they, they until they, those things are not there anymore, and then all of a sudden it becomes a big deal. But once it's there, then it's an issue. You know, you, you take a deep breath, you take it for granted. And all of a sudden, something happened to your respiratory system, and now you need an oxygen tank to breathe. All of a sudden, you take it like a big deal, you know? So uh, all I'm just doing is remind people, focus on those little things, be grateful about it, and use it to exercise and strengthen your mind and strengthen your brain. So when life throws you a curveball, you don't give up too easy. So that's number one. Another thing I say is volunteer. You know, everybody understands. When you go and volunteer, sure, you are helping the organization you're volunteering for. You're helping the individual you are helping out if you are mentoring a young kid. Definitely, you are helping those people, but you are also getting a tremendous amount of reward from that. Yes. You know, just the way the brain works. So, so, so for a selfish reason, you can go out and help somebody else, you know? And, 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 and to me, if you can express gratitude and you can be of service to other people, just those two combinations, you will not even have time to be bored anymore. You will not have time, you know, to go through what I call a situational depression anymore. And, 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 and so those are just two things. I feel like if people truly develop those two very basic skills, they can stay happy. Okay. This is really uh, interesting. I mean, a lot of people, when you think of happy, you just think of it something like something that's like uh, they call it some magic word, but it really isn't. It's something that we can choose to apply in our life and, and it can make a difference. And uh, it reminds me back to a phrase that someone once said, you know, uh, we change our words, we change our thoughts, we change our thoughts, we change our mind, and that will, in fact, improve the quality of our life. Now, I have one last question for you, Edwin, and that is this. You've worked on all these things. You've done the I Am Happy Project. You've been on the TED Talk. Uh, you've done the Happy a Neighborhood Project, uh, and you're growing that. Um, yes. So what are your plans next? Like, what, what do you want to do next? Is it something else you want to do or another organization? Where, where do you want to go next? Well, thank you for asking that. I feel like I am investing the rest of my life to happiness. And just like we have kind of touched on, the last 300 years, 400 years, all the psychology, the, psycho the, the, the psychiatrics, the, the, the counselor, and, and all of those stuff, They've just treated happiness as a level of emotion, which it is. I'm not arguing that. And I truly want to change the narrative. I want to spend the rest of my life, whether it's going to the elementary school or to the middle school or to the high school or to the college or to the culture of happiness in the workplace. I want to bring it to become a standard, you know, just like you teach a kid to read and write. Just like you teach a kid the basic arithmetic, just like you teach a kid to get up and walk, I want happiness as a skill to become that basic. You know, because something they learn, something they learn in school, almost like they don't teach you how to become wealthy in school. They no, teach they you don't. to think, but they don't teach you how to be happy and they don't teach you how to make money. They teach no. you skills, but you have to apply those. Yes. And I think that would be an amazing thing. You probably want to help students, but maybe people that are, if they're on, on maybe they're of a drug addiction problem or something else, and just tell them that there is a sunshine and just helping them see uh, maybe it's people that are having difficulties in life, maybe they're having a learning disability, or maybe they're people that maybe they have some type of a sickness in their body. And that's how they were born. 
Uh, there's lots of those conditions. Whether they can't walk or whatever those conditions, they still can be happy. Yes. Well, and, 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 and that's the truth. We have to understand that life is a complete package. You know, you cannot pick and choose. You can't say, okay, I would be happy if not this, or I would be happy if not that. That is contingency that we put on our happiness. So people have to remove the contingency and they have to take a life as a complete package, including everything that it is. Now, just because you accept it and just because you are content with it doesn't mean you cannot set goals to make it better. But the fact that you're trying to make it better should not rob you of the ability to be happy. So that's why one of my favorite quotes is you do not allow the past nor the future to rob you of the present. The present is where the magic is. So whether you know you can walk or you can see, whatever it is, reframe your situation. And this is a very powerful tool that I really want people to learn, the skill of reframing. If you can reframe your situation and find the positive in it, because there's always a positive in it, you know, and then all of a sudden you can grow that positive, no matter how small it is, you can grow it because whatever we focus on grow, and then in the process, now you have it overcome the rest of the situation that you are dealing with. So it's just it's really just getting people's mental aptitude into the right into the right way and then exercising it. Similar to the way we Absolutely. do push-ups every morning. It's it's a it's something people just have to learn and uh you know they, they have to commit to it. Absolutely. And you cannot say, oh, that person is happy because they are lucky. It has nothing to do with that. Now, sure, maybe they are lucky, you know, they were born in the right place and they are healthy and stuff, but still. That doesn't mean that they are happy. They have a different challenge that they are dealing with, you know? So, so you have to accept your own package the way it is. If you are overweight, guess what? Be happy that you are overweight first. And then you can set goals to lose that weight. If you hate yourself for being overweight, it's going to be difficult yeah, for you to lose that weight. You know? so, so, so be happy with the complete package. You have everything you need to be happy. You don't need a single team up. And then I think that's where I freak a lot of people out. And, it, and it's the truth, though. You don't need a single team more than what you currently have to be happy. Now, once you agree on that, and guess what? Now you can set a goal to improve the overall package. And then you can get better at doing what you're doing. I firmly believe that every single human being deserves to be happy. And if that happens, the whole world could actually be a happier place. Like 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 a utopia almost. We have we have one uh didn't even plan on this, but we had one question that came in. So the person asked, what happens, Edwin, if you know I want to be happy, but the people around me aren't happy? How do I deal with that when they're not happy? Now that's a very good one because happiness is actually an energy. Okay. And, and, and you cannot control other people's happiness. You just cannot. And you cannot allow other people lack of happiness also rob you. Because that's when people say happiness is a choice. That's where the choice is. But just because it's a choice doesn't mean it's an easy choice. Okay? You know, if it was an easy choice, most people will make it. It's when the choice is tough. That's when you strengthen yourself. So you continue to improve on your own happiness. Sure, sometimes they might be jealous of you. Sometimes they might be envy of you. Sometimes they just want to get you out of it. 
But if you continue to increase your own happiness, you will influence their own happiness. Now, don't get me wrong. If they want to harm you because you are happy, then you need to change space. You need to get out of that. You, you, know, you, don't, you, you don't need to put yourself in that kind of space. You know, you don't want to hit your head against the wall to think, okay, let me see how long would I hit it before it bleed or something like that. No. If people are really, really negative and you find out that everything you're doing to be happy is not happening, you got to change. You got to move on, you know, and, and, and you owe it to yourself to do that. And as a matter of fact, sometimes it's easier to help those people when you move out of the scene and then you are now helping them from a distance, okay, because you are stronger. You know, they are not able to pull you down or any of those kind of stuff. And that, that's where it is. Now, some of you might say, well, I'm kind of stuck. I don't have a choice. I cannot move out. Then you have to find your space. Okay. You have to find your space because you owe it to yourself. We only have one life to live and you need to live the life the best way you can. And you can control a whole lot of stuff. Thank you very much, Edwin. So there you are, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it from Edwin Edaberry that happiness is actually a skill. And if you choose to apply it, just like you choose to exercise, you can become happy. Like every day, like naturally getting up out of bed, you're going to be happy. And if Absolutely. you do that, there's so many other benefits. Edwin, it was a pleasure to have you on the show tonight. Uh, I know our viewers really enjoyed this. I know I have always learned when I hear things from you. And thank you so much for coming. And I hope you enjoyed yourself tonight. Absolutely. I did enjoy myself. I just want to say thank you for what you're doing. Continue to do it. Whether it's the technology, the happiness, I'm sure your audience is going to just continue to grow because of the wonderful content that you're bringing to them. And I just encourage everybody, you know, to just stay safe and stay happy. Thank you very much. And you can check out more with Edwin at hnpabc.com to learn more about his events and things that he's doing. And maybe how you can make yourself happy by being with other happy people. But the requirement is that you have to be happy to go there. All right. So Absolutely. you have to get happy first. Thank you so much, Edwin. I greatly appreciate your time. And uh, we'll let you because it's at three o'clock for you. So you have probably have time for lunch. It's not dinner time there. So you have to lunch now. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Edwin. Take care now. Bye-bye now. That was amazing, wasn't it, Marcus? That was quite the treat. I, I'm actually more happy. I'm happy too. You're, yeah, yeah. you're smiling a lot much worse. Yeah, yeah, you notice yeah. that we're smiling more. Exactly. That's I think just we have to do that now. We have to make, we're right. happy with the show, but I think we just Man. got that pump like, right? Yeah, he, that, that energy he brings is just infectious, boy. You know, like, <laughs> he, he got some happy energy. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, I, I love it. That 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 was that was great. That was great. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. a great guy. And incidentally, I'm actually a uh, I'm actually a co-host for New Jersey's uh, HNP project, yeah. Uh, yeah. which uh, we're doing very well. And, it, and it's great to be part yeah. of an organization like his that just really has that mission to really care about people's mm -hmm. lives. I think that's, yeah, that's that's what it's all about. And, you know, I, I definitely learned some learned some additional things uh, to put in my toolbox just from this 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 small conversation. You know, uh, he could have he could have talked forever and I would have been OK with it. Uh, so, you know, just <laughs> well, we, we unfortunately we do, we do have other topics we have to get to. Unfortunately, Yeah, yeah. I, I know that's the unfortunate thing. So, you know, uh, maybe we'll talk with Edwin another time. Or, we maybe can bring uh, him on for a different yeah. topic. Sure. Uh, yeah. But so, again, 
let's jump on to something else in technology now. Let's talk okay. about uh, Sony. So yeah, Sony cool. actually confirms uh, that uh, Disney Plus, Netflix, and Twitch will be on the PS5 at the launch. Yeah, so I, I, I know people have been, you know, waiting for this for a long time. And, um, and, and as you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of people... You know, uh, going going and rallying towards the the game and uh, lifestyle, and so if you already have it on the box, why not just view it from the box, right? Exactly. And so they're saying if you're planning to use the PlayStation Five for more than just gaming, well, whether it's streaming movies or maybe you want to have a TV show or a Netflix, I mean, the technology's there, right? So uh, Sony's next gen console is now going to support some of that more popular entertainment, or should we say those entertainment apps at their launch. So a lot of people, like you said, are very, very excited. And if you're looking for the date, because I'm sure you're waiting with bated breath, uh, the PS5, as of this moment, is going to launch on November 12th. So several popular streaming apps will be available, including Apple TV+, Amazon Prime Video, Disney+, Hulu, Netflix, Peacock, Spotify, Twitch, and um, that's going to be pretty neat. And uh, of course, YouTube's going to be available as well. Yeah, I think that added Twitch uh, edition is going to be, you know, very well, well and good. You know, especially for like content like the way we offer. Uh, you know, it's definitely going to give that uh, uh, added ease of uh, being able to view content like uh, like yours, John, too. So, you know, so I know you're pretty excited about it. <laughs> I, I, I'm very excited when we can get when we can get more information out to people, and I just love educating people, especially when we can have great guests like Edwin, and we can have uh, we have our resident psychologist, uh, Dr. Michael Nicitelli. Uh, you know, we just have some great people with some great energy. And you don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. No, it's only going to get better. Uh, the people just, you know, and we really work hard, ladies and gentlemen, to bring you people that understand it's about providing value to you. Do you notice that the people we bring on the show, they don't tell you they're going to sell you this or you have to buy this. We don't bring those people on our show. It's about value to you. No, not at all. Uh, you know, speak, speaking of like, you know, just... Uh added some extra value I, I think you know uh, people are like you know giving some some huge warning you know, would you agree about online voting uh so uh what, what's going on with that john yeah you, you you like read my mind there marcus uh so uh they're calling a major risk by security experts opening up to more voters now so hackers are going to be able to tamper with ballots returned online some of the security uh, people are saying the, the tracking systems are in use by small groups today already. So, you know, just the fact that they can do that. So if you can't, you know, let's say uh, fill out a piece of paper 
and um, place it into a ballot box or turn it in person, the internet might be able to help. But security is saying that that might not be safe. And we know what happened in other elections. We might have another country. We're not going to mention their names. Uh, but they just may want to tamper with the, the cookies in the cookie jar. And those are not the one you eat, ones you eat, but the ones that actually could uh, control who gets into um, our next presidential position. Yeah, so this is this is very concerning because uh, the the report you know said that there's thir- about thirty states that have already taken that extra state, uh, yes. excuse me, that extra extra step to step. allow that. Yes, and and this is very concerning because uh, there's already been some reports in the news of um, a certain countries uh, that's already tampering. Yeah, there there reports that there's speculations. They haven't been totally proven, even though they are pretty valid. They haven't been like you know put down with ironclad, but they're coming from some pretty good sources. And I want to quote uh, um, Carney um, basically, and she said, "I'm very excited to be able to vote privately and independently, and to get in on that excitement that I missed in college." Carney is so enthusiastic about the system that she consults for Democracy Live, the company that makes it. So Carney and other people with disabilities are joining thousands of military and overseas voters who already rely on the internet to exercise their franchise. So I get that it's great because a lot of people are going to be able to expel their their voice, which is their right yes. to be here. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I have another quote I want to pass from uh, Michael Spector, who has a PhD. It's just a matter of flipping a switch to go from allowing limited use of relatively safe voting to broader use of fully online voting. And uh, this candidate is an MIT grad who, who researched the security of a ballot portal created by a democracy live. So I think the issue that I have, and you probably used voting programs before, you know, like when you take a poll online, right? Mm-hmm. a lot of times you go back to that poll and you can vote again. But there's other software that if you go back, they track your IP address and they yeah. also only allow you to vote once. So are they going to do those proper things? And are they going to be able to check fingerprints? So now that digital fingerprints, like let's say I'm here in New Jersey and I vote, but now let's say I suddenly leave New Jersey and Mm -hmm. I take my laptop somewhere else and I'm on a different IP address. I think it's going to be needing to be more than an IP address. It's going to need to be an ID. And I'm almost thinking Marcus, a token is going to need to be issued. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that either a mobile token for their phone that may be good for just one day yeah. and it's going to allow them to vote and keep the control of it. I like that. You know, see, John, see, that's why you're the expert in this field. And, and you really, really read a lot of concerns and a lot of people who's pondering like, well, what's the solutions we can add in? And, and it seems like you're already ahead of the curve here and, you know, they should consult with you. But the thing is, I'll be honest with you, they're not going to spend the money. <laughs> they're not going to do it. We, we know yeah. that. Yeah. So it, it, it seems like it's a rather easy, easy fix at this point. It, you know? it, it is a very easy fix, and we're not talking billions to implement this. To implement yeah. a, a token system is not that expensive. Yeah. Um, so how do you vote in the 2020 election, people are saying. So they want to know about voting by mail, polling places, online ballots. So how do you vote by mail, and how is it going to work in 50 states for the 2020 election? So you can do it right now, and how to commit mail in, uh, you can actually commit fraud by voting in mail. Um, but they say it's nearly impossible. Is it really impossible? I know um, I belong to an association, and uh, not to give all the particulars, but the one person that runs the management company, 
uh, one of my friends was voting, and uh, um, and then I found out from another friend that the person I wanted to get in didn't get in, and he was very popular. Well, something doesn't yeah. seem right. And I figured out that the one lady in the office, she had had a fight with the person a little mm. while ago. And guess what? Well, now that particular person, well, I think they might have been playing with the cookies in the jar and basically uh, frauding the ballots. And how'd they do that? Well, wow. they looked at the addresses and saw who didn't vote, and they just superfluously pushed some others in. Because you can't just put them in if you don't have a count. Exactly. Oh, so yeah. uh, even though you have somebody cooking, counting the cookies, like lawyers, right. you can still tamper with things. And I feel that um, I like the idea that we're allowing more people to vote. I think that's wonderful. But I really think that this is not ready for 2020. Yeah. I don't think that because, you know, everything that gets done in democracy and in politics and government, it just takes 10 million years longer than it needs to. Yeah, having um, you know, come from the government, I, 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 I really know about that. You know, I know a little bit of something about how fast the government moves. Speaking of how, how fast the government is moving, you know, you might have a little intel about something, John. Okay. You know, what's what's going on in, in up in the in the the, the Cong- uh, well, the Senate rather? Well, um, our 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 our, our interesting thing has happened uh, not too long ago. Uh, the Senate committee actually approved the subpoena for Mark Zuckerberger and Jack Dorsey. Oh, this is pretty interesting. Very interesting. So the Senate Judiciary Committee approved the subpoena. Uh, it was on Thursday to force Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberger and Twitter CEO, in case you didn't know who Jack Dorsey was, to testify before the body regarding the complaints of the anti-conservative bias on their platforms. Hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. And and now with all this happening. Uh, you know, issues with, with Hunter and Biden and Joe Biden's son introducing his father to an executive at the Ukrainian energy company in Bursama for months. Uh, there's a lot of other things happening. And Trump's re-election campaign is targeting Biden's alleged connections to the Ukraine as foundation of political attack. But is that really, is that really right? Because I still don't know if the votes really got tampered with but i think they got tampered with with the last election and i think it came from overseas yeah and you know there's haven't been enough investigation uh enough thorough investigation to to really to just just uh, go behind and, and clean up the mess that was left out afterwards uh, so there's been a lot of carnage that's just been left and you know no one uh, attempted to to go back and, and double check these things but I just find it quite interesting now that, you know, right before the election, you know, we, we starting to, you know, uh, kind of pile drive uh, the social media outlets. And yeah, I, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's fair, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, you know, well, we, we got to really assess the true, true motives of, of the people that's uh, sitting in these seats nowadays. Facebook now wanting to compensate people. We haven't heard if they're not going to do that, but they're going to pay people $120, $200 to, to uh, basically not use their Facebook accounts during the election. Yeah, and I think they're doing it to try to cover their ends at the same okay. time, and and that's what it kind of feels like. Um, you know, what 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 are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I think I think they got a lot of uh, heat, and I think it's their attorneys that are saying, "Hey, you know, we maybe should back away a little bit. You know, we're probably okay, but let's just back back." 
you know, let's just take a few steps back. It can't hurt us. And, um, you know, let's just do that. And we can afford the money because if we pay these people that money, there's not everybody's going to take advantage of it. And if we got sued, hypothetically, we'd still have to go to court and pay this extra money. So I think they're just really doing a double CYA. And, and Facebook signaled that the article uh, was recently submitted to the subject to third-party fact-checking Twitter uh, and Twitter banned linking to story entirely because of this. So they banned linking to the story entirely. I, I think that's interesting. And this actually sparked a real uh, fire for Republicans who now claim that the platforms were censoring conservatives only weeks before the U.S. presidential election. I mean, that is just sick, Marcus. Yeah. Yeah, so, do, you know, the, I, I guess the, the question would be, you know, how much evidence do they have for this? You know, so, I, I mean, you know, we, we do, you know, tend to know that, like, Facebook and Twitter has been very, you know, progressive and liberal-leaning, uh, they have 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 been kind of evidently. Uh, they they they've been they've been playing games. I mean, they were asking for yeah. people's freaking uh, passports, Marcus. Uh, <laughs> we're fighting it. Unless yeah. you're doing a political thing, now they're saying you can't do it unless you have your passport. But just people were just using Facebook accounts, and they were asking them for their passport. Now they later people got around that, but because I just feel they were selling it out the back door. But here's something I want to quote, Marcus. This is interesting. Right. Yeah. Never before have we seen active censorship of a major press publication with serious allegations of corruption of one of the two candidates for president. Oh, wow. Now, Facebook and Twitter, guess what they said? <laughs> they declined to comment. <laughs> I guess that was their best move, especially since they got I, subpoenas I now. So. And, and Republicans approved the subpoena unanimously at 12-0 on Thursday for this subpoena vote. Oh, wow. And they moved to approve Judge Amy Connie Barrett's nomination to Supreme Court. Um, and, and I don't know. I, I think they're more concerned about getting the judge in. But shouldn't they be more concerned about what's going on with the pandemic and the election? I mean, they're so concerned about getting this judge in there that whatever happened to all the things, and I'm not going to get started on that with the stimulus money and the other money and, and all these different provisions. It's like they all just it's like a fighting game back and forth. Yeah, it is. They, they, they're, they're like into multiple battles at this point, you know, and it's like, you know, how can you fight all these multiple battles and, you know, and still maintain focus of what's you're, important? You're, you're going to you're going to maybe you're going to win. a Maybe you're going to to, um, you know, win one battle or two, but you're going to lose the war. Absolutely. And, and Zuckerberg, Dorsey and Google CEO Sunder Pichai are already scheduled to testify before the Senate Commerce on October 20th. That's going to be juicy. we got to follow that one. Yeah, and I, and I know the big thing about Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, uh, that's, that's definitely uh, set to be changed, uh, I think, you know, uh, from the article here. Reading, yes. you know, so the, the allegations of that, um, you know, it's going to be a big highlight, you know, here. But, so, then what, but then what really is the Decency Act going to be and what's it going to cover? And what's it not going to cover? And then where is the line going to be drawn, Marcus, between people's personal information and their privacy and what's going to be allowed to be expelled over this wonderful worldwide web? Oh, man. You can imagine what's going to be uh, 
allowed at, at that point after this, you know, so especially if they really put the hammer down on on Facebook and Twitter and, and make them a new and, 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 if, and if they open the doors, does that suddenly mean that Facebook becomes this sudden playground for any kind of information that wants to be shared? We already know Twitter does whatever they want, basically. Yes. Uh, Facebook got scared, so they pulled out. And and uh, who else was it? Uh, well, Google never allowed anything, really. But it was just interesting how, you know, they had some issues. And um, like I said, Instagram, you even had Tumblr. They got a lot of heat for this. And it's funny because, you know, Tumblr, I think, is more to blame on all this. But you know what's smart about Tumblr? They got the hell out of the kitchen. Yeah, yeah you don't really hear too much the about them. When they smelled yeah. smoke, they dialed 911, baby, and they left. <laughs> you know, there was one thing that you proposed, like, you know, uh, very early on in, in an earlier episode, you know, John, and, and I really liked it. And, um, and I, it's, it's a really good thing to bring, mention back up. You know, you, you proposed it just to, you know, that people just start, like, you know, really just if, if, if they're, uh, publishing like things that's not really really right that you know that they verify the ages you know people verify the yeah, ages. yeah there's and... something now they have a new fancy term it's called uh not nsw yes. and it just stands for not suitable for the workplace and in english what this is is this is content that people under the age of 18 should not be reading or posting yeah uh and and i think if they could do that verification system and they could have controlled rooms, okay? Uh, I, the only thing I think that's really important is that if somebody wants to stay an anonymous, I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with, and this goes everywhere, Marcus, not just on social media, dating sites, I have a problem with people lying about their identity. Oh yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't think that's going to change, but I think if they could at least get the fact that we have to verify people's eight, like you have to verify that they're over 18 with some method, mm -hmm. uh, then, you know, that could be one way to deter these people. Because let's face it, Marcus, with a lot of these games or a lot of these things out there, um, they're doing everything they can to lie, cheat and steal, maybe not steal, but pretty much everything because they're just so addicted to these games. Yeah, not to mention like the, the the ten profiles all at once, you know. So like, <laughs> you know, people still finding ways around that. So you, you know, know, the only place it yeah. doesn't allow that, who really the people don't do it. And I think it's a more respectable community. You don't get this BS on LinkedIn. No, you don't. You know, and uh, it seems like they really kind of kind of mastered that a bit, and you can really respect them for that. You know, it's, it's really really interesting, and I I'm finding it very very capable of happening that you know the the end of social media may may come to come to a halt at one at one point well i don't know if it's going to come to a halt i think like you know what, what we use you and i use social media for every day which is business and things like that i don't think we're going to have the issue i think where the problem comes in is that when we want to post social media and now we want to talk about something like this our posts might get banned and i think that's unfair yes because I don't think they should cap our freedom to speak. Right? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. So, I, I mean, what happened to our freedom, our, our, our First Amendment? Freedom. Where is it? Freedom of speech. Yeah. I'm, no, having, I, trouble, I'm having trouble finding it, Marcus. Yeah, I am too. I, I think that's part of, part of the argument here that, that, that they have in, 
here at the Capitol, but you know, at the same time too, you know, we, we still got to watch people's motives and you know, and, and make sure that they are looking out for our freedoms. And you know, so I, that's 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 I think that's the biggest concern here. And, and speaking about watching and thinking, <laughs> yeah, that's the way I like that. has twenty eight point seven million subscribers now, but not all of them are actually watching just yet. Yeah, this is this is <laughs> it's quite funny. Yeah, it's funny, but I wouldn't want to be on the other end of the stick, Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> the new premium streaming channel from uh AT&T Warner Media said in its earnings report on Thursday, and I quote, 8.6 million customers have activated subscriptions to the service in the third quarter, bringing the total number of HBO and HBO Max subscribers in the US to 38 million, ahead of the company's target of 37 million for the end of 2020 and 57 million globally. AT&T counts activations as well as subscribers as many customers who already pay for HBO who have access to HBO Max as part of their package, but haven't activated that subscription and started watching it. I'm sorry. They should not be doing that. They're giving they're giving false numbers, right? That's like that's like jinxing the 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 Mueller reports or the Neil and Nielsen reports. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, nine fifty Seventeenth Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Right. Yeah, it is. It, that, you know, and what I found even more incredible, you know, from this article, and, and people can look it up on on the Verge, uh, that like they're they're not even on Roku. You know, like how can you not even be on Roku? And uh, this all started on today, October twenty three. The One Plus eighteen now available, ten twenty three. Uh, was the thing that this is the big thing if you happen to go to their page uh, is the OnePlus 8T device, which I just want to push because they've been they've been they've been trying to they're all fighting with all these phones. By the way, you know the phones are all coming in and out. And yeah. these we're talking about media and social media. I think it's really important to mention that uh, these phone people are all clamoring. I mean, they're all going crazy. Uh, but if you're ordering, well, at least they say the phones are going to be on time. I know at least I ordered a camera and I had to wait two months for it. So I'm hoping the phones are going to be a little better. <laughs> you order a phone next Friday, you're actually going to get it that following week. But I don't know, Marcus. I, I just feel that our world is just not properly prepared to sustain these things to produce right here in the United States of America. No, it's not. Especially when people want to see prices, you know, that are reasonable, and you know, and if they're going to ignore, you know, uh, like, hey, the price is not right. I'm going to walk away from it. And so, and so, companies going to start saying, well, hmm, you know, maybe I should just have this produced outside of the U.S. so I can get the price point where it's juicy enough for for the customers to return back. 
Yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing. So we'll, we'll keep we'll keep following that. But I think the trend of not being able to get appliances and certain things, I think that's going to continue some part into the mid of next year, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. So we, you know, I think I think you're on the right track here, John, uh, as always. I, I, I don't want to be, but I think I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Dodge Charger, uh, I'm not sure if you heard about this, the Challenger and Chrysler 300 is going to be all live through 2024, they're saying, and uh, production is going to continue in Canada with no next generation models in sight. But they're saying they're going to have some derivatives of the Dodge car uh, that are going to be in the works. And, uh, you know, the Dodge Charger, the Challenger, the Chrysler 300, that's what they have now. But what are they going to be doing? Uh, you know, they're saying that there's rumors about having a Dodge muscle car, like a flat Chrysler um, in production. Um, and, uh, nobody's really saying anything. It's just kind of some rumors and it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, what they're going to do. And, um, I don't know what they're going to be doing, but the FCA had declined to comment further when they're asked about the derivatives mentioned by the union. They had no comment about that. So I feel there's lots of rumors going to come out and, um, things that are happening now with what they call Ford in Canada, uh, yeah. at Chrysler Drive. Uh, I don't know. I, I think this this the the new big ticket item is the new multi energy vehicle architecture. Uh, they're all gonna we're not gonna see cars anymore that are probably gonna be below thirty or forty thousand dollars. That's scary uh, when you think about it. And cars should be cheaper now. It really Somebody, I think be it was Mister Gates, if I if I have to quote him right. Uh, he had said that if uh, we were as far advanced. With our technology of, of you know computers as we are with our cars, then uh, actually reverse. If, if, if we were as far, if we were if we were yes yeah, we were if we were as far as we are with technology of our computers as we were with our cars, well then we would actually have um, we would actually have cars costing it just ten dollars or twenty dollars. That's very true. What what scares me the most about this is that you know are we going to see an increase in ride sharing because of these these prices or is is the two point? Uh, you know, I was thinking about that, Marcus, but I don't know if people are really gonna, you know, they'll just instead of having two cars, they'll just bite the bullet and have one. I can or I can really see that happening, and with them starting to make a lot of a lot of the gas guzzlers a stink. You know they they they're trying to you know put them into extinction. Uh, I I really 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 fear for how our future is going to look for the, for yeah, the automobile I, I, industry. I I, uh, I hear you. We're gonna have to get that little mini car, right? That one that you just kind of pack up, fold up, and put in your pocket. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm not really that type of guy. So, so. Me neither. I, I like a nice big comfortable car yeah. that I can drive. That is. Uh, comfortable when I get in, comfortable when I get out. I like a luxury car. Yeah, Do I need I, one? I, no, I, I enjoy a luxury car. <laughs> yeah, I still love my trucks too, especially being here in Wisconsin. You need a truck. You need a good yes, SUV. Yes, you want it to be comfortable. You want yeah. it to be comfortable. You don't want something that's just going to just, you know, pop in. But we have one more topic as we're just getting to the top of the hour. I don't know where our time goes, Marcus. Oh, man, this time uh, is blocking. This hour just kind of flew. Uh, our friends again at Facebook. There, I'm really happy about this. So there's a new board that has opened up, which is going to be able to review some of Facebook and Instagram's toughest content moderation decisions. Hmm. So what does this mean in a nutshell? Well, 
if your post gets declined, you're going to be able to go to oversightboard.com and you're going to be able to sit them and submit an appeal. Facebook and Instagram will review content to remove anything that doesn't follow their content policies using either technology or its review teams around the world. So the Oversight Board appeals processes process gives people a way to challenge those content decisions and help improve the Facebook community, such as if something gets removed when it shouldn't or remove something that actually didn't. Now, if your case is selected, the board will determine whether Facebook's decision should be upheld or it should be reversed, and that decision will be final. The board may also recommend that Facebook consider making changes to its policy because of the submission that you recently made. So we've got basically a, a site. You can take a look. They have a governance tab. Uh, on the governance tab, basically, they talk about a little bit about their process, their size, their board, their term, their collective powers. But I got to be honest, they've got a lot of power, this, this, uh, this, uh, this company. My question is, uh, when you see Meet the Board, and I just want to tell you some of the people that are on the board. Uh, you got uh, a gentleman here from um, Indonesia, another one from Yemen, another one from Colombia, somebody from, um, uh, where are they from? It doesn't tell. It just tells you he's from the United States of America. He doesn't want to disclose where he's from. Another one from the United Kingdom, somebody from Israel, another person from Hungary, another person from Taiwan. Okay. Uh, and that's just the beginning. And there's still some more. But their whole idea is to give an honest, fair voice to the community. So how does the appeal process work? You're probably asking. Well, that's a great question. Yeah. How does it work? So, so uh, the oversight board appeal process gives people a way to challenge the content. Uh, what basically happens is you will go to their website, okay, uh, oversightboard.com, uh, and you'll just go ahead and click on appeal. But before you can even get started, uh, the appeal must come from an active account holder. Um, and here's the other thing. So the person appealing a content decision must have an active account on the service for which the content was posted. And this means the account cannot be deleted or disabled. And the person are, is currently able to log into it. So if the if the platform has already disabled you, well, then you're done. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you just kind of went way too far. So Facebook must have already reviewed its initial decision. Uh, if it's a Facebook issue, the person submitting the appeal must have already requested that Facebook or Instagram review its content decision and receive a final decision. If their decision becomes final, then you can come over to the appeals board. But what I think is going to happen now is I think Facebook and Instagram and these, these social media channels, I think they're going to become a little bit, how can I say, they're going to review things now because I don't think they want everything to get through this board. But this board is very, very powerful. I mean, the things that this yeah. board can do, they, they, they make the decision of whether uh, your Instagram or your Facebook content should be approved or not. So let's just say, for example, you post uh, an ad, somebody wearing a pair of jeans. Well, mm -hmm. if the pair of jeans conveys a message they think that might be inappropriate, well, then they can take it down. Up until now, when things like this are posted, they've been judgments. Mm -hmm. Now they're going to go through a whole board. So I, I think it's interesting, you know, what they're doing and uh, definitely this process. So. Uh, again, now the content decision again must be eligible for appeal. The appeal must be submitted within 15 days. So a person has 15 days from the time Facebook or Instagram sends an update about its final content and policy decision to submit appeal to the board. 
When the board selects a case to review, it will typically make a decision within 90 days of Facebook's decision. And this 90-day period includes the time required to translate information should it need to go to other countries for Facebook to compile and submit supporting information. So that's nice that they built that in there. And guess what? You're going to be notified automatically through their panel of the platform you're using. So the person first submits the appeal to the board stating why the board should hear the case and why Facebook Instagram's content decision was wrong. You notice it's just Facebook and Instagram. I see this broadening into other social platforms. See where I'm going with this? Yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, the, yeah. So we never had a regulating body. Um, right. There are a lot of regulating bodies on the internet, mm -hmm. but they don't do a lot of things. <laughs> this one <laughs> seems to have power. The yeah. only one I seem to know that has power is the one that regulates, you know, the IP addresses. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're a not-for-profit. Uh, and that, that's, that's one that's pretty big. But that's one of the biggest ones now next to this. So the Oversight Board staff evaluates the submitted case, and the board considers eligible cases from those submissions as it determines which to review in depth. The board prioritizes the cases based on the criteria set forth in the bylaws. And not all cases will be taken up by the board which you have to read the bylaws to figure out why. So a subset of the board deliberates and issues a draft decision. The entire board will then have the opportunity to review the draft decision they meet before it becomes final. The board will publish a written statement about its decision, which may include a policy recommendation for Facebook or Instagram to change their policy. But mm. they do not have to change their policy. They only can make a recommendation on okay. the policy. So I think the thing is going to be is, are they going to treat this professionally and respectfully, or are they just going to jerk this around? And then Facebook will promptly implement the board's decision. That's right. what they say. Except when doing so could violate the law. Mm. It will respond publicly to both the board's content decisions and policy recommendations. Now let's talk about your privacy. If the board reviews a case, it will produce a written explanation of its final decision, which will be available for the public to read on this website. People whose content is selected for review may choose to give the board permission to share details that could easily identify them or data with, spe with special protections about them in that written statement. This permission may be withdrawn at any time by going to case status. If permission is not given, the written statement will be reviewed before it is released to the public to remove those specific details. So if you posted this, this, this provocative picture on on Instagram or, or whatever it is, and uh, suddenly your name was in there. Well, you could take your name out and they could just state the reason. And I and from what I'm getting about this, they're not just going to give a general reason. They're going to give a very specific reason. So like if they said, for example, this was not appropriate, they're going to state why it was not appropriate. There's not going to be a gray line anymore. That really helps. That really helps a lot. Uh, I, I think it's really past due, and I, I think, you know, they, they're really going to capitalize on the opportunity here. Uh, it, it really could uh, open up a, a lot more opportunities for regulating what these uh, social media platforms have, I guess, in a sense, had the gablet in their hand for, a long, for too, far too long and, and really have abused that gablet. Yeah, and, and it seems like everybody on this board seems to be like, you know, they're all over. So, you know, if you yeah. if you happen to connect with one of these people, the whole board has to make a decision. So, um, you know, this board is very big. I mean, it looks like they got one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, one, one, two, three, four, five. So you've got uh, 
20 people on the board. Everyone. And some other backgrounds are things like digital rights, freedom of expression, government rules, journalism, media, public policy, technology of human rights, online safety, women's rights, journalism. So it looks like they got a, a very broad uh, spectrum. And I think it's good because the fact that they've got, you know, people's rights uh, and freedom, I have to believe that this board um, is going to allow things to be published that maybe Facebook would not allow, but they're not directly harming the individual. Like if Facebook did something wrong and you posted something, well, you might just be blacklisted from Facebook. Mm-hmm. But with this group, if you follow the procedures within 15 days, by the way, the communication is going to come through your channel that you use. So it's Facebook, Instagram. You're going to be notified through their specific network. Isn't that neat? So that already neat. they're agreeing to work with them if they're allowing them to communicate through their portals. I actually don't think they had a choice, Marcus. No, it was either this or just face more backlash that they are already like kind of like kind of heavy under the pressure of uh, many gov- governments already. So. You know, and then these lawsuits are going to be, it was going to be coming, you know, you know so <laughs> like, like, you know, you, you're right, John, you, you're very right in a lot of respects here. Well, we are at the end of our hour and I want to tell you first that next week uh, on Friday on our show, hopefully you will join us again. We have another great guest coming to us. You know, when you talk about technology, you talk about what's being done and what's being made. A lot of people are making things like face masks and people are making other types of things like screws and a variety of things. Well, they actually call this 3D manufacturing and uh, or, or 3D extruders. Uh, and um, that is uh, Prindam Potter who's going to be there. And we have another special. We're going to be singing happy birthday uh, next week to someone very special. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who, uh, but it's actually um, not a real person, uh, but we're going to celebrate it anyway because it has to do with technology. So we're going to be singing a little happy birthday to this person. And uh, so we're going to learn from Pritten and Potter, uh, 3D printing, what he's doing. And he's going to explain to us about, you know, why 3D printing is not really 3D printing. What you're seeing today is really an excuse. It's not true 3D printing. So we're at the top of our hour, a little bit over. And if you, uh, first of all, if you have a product that you would like me to unbox, um, you know how to do to get me to do that. Just go to jmore.com and you can actually let us know uh, the product you want to donate to me. I'll do an unboxing. I'll do a review of it. And um, we may even invite you on the show. If you're a technology guest or another educational guest that speaks about technology or Something that has to do with technology. Uh, It doesn't have to be the technology itself, but you have to somehow relate to it. Reach out to me on the website. We'll set you up for a short interview with myself, and we'll see if it makes sense to bring you on the show. I have enjoyed being here with you tonight. I hope you've enjoyed uh, hearing from Edwin Itterbury and how we have to make the decision to be happy. And uh, I think we've all learned a lot here tonight, haven't we, uh, Marcus? Absolutely, John. Well, listen, I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. And remember, do stay safe, practice social distancing, because I got to tell you, I have heard some more people that the numbers are rising, and it's the people, ladies and gentlemen, that are not taking this seriously. And it's not just younger people, people my age, people a little younger, people a little older, and they're not taking it seriously. 
and they're saying hoopla and all this nonsense. And it's these people. I don't wish anything bad on them. They're being careless and they're catching the disease. So I am John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur. And you've been watching the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. And we will see you next Friday night at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Have a great one, everyone. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown.